This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Great weekend programming all over AMI-audio for your interest. You can catch The Pulse this uh, weekend and all over the week as well. Um, For example, Thursdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Joita Gupta this week spoke to Maya Chupkoff about her podcast, Proud Stutter, and her journey as a stuttering advocate. That's The Pulse. Catch it on AMI-audio, and it's available on YouTube as a video podcast and on your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Ramia Amudin here with Danielle McLaughlin, and this is Kelly and Company. Ramia, it's time for our regional content report, and today we're joined by Sylvie Fiquette, AMI content development specialist in Vancouver. Hello, Sylvie. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm well. How about you? Do you have beautiful weather out there? Incredible weather. It is really rare to be full sunshine at this time of year. So we're enjoying it. How about you guys? Oh, good. Well, we've had about nine days of weather today. Um, we've had we've had sun, we've had rain, we've had wind. I think I saw a rainbow for a moment. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy out here today. But you know, I'll just sit back and look out my window. I, I daren't go out. To be honest with you, I don't know what's oh, going to wow. happen next. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Well, I understand you're going to be telling us about. Vancouver providing new accessible voting options tomorrow during the October 15th civic election. Um, with the, and apparently they're using innovative technology as well. Can you tell us what's out there, what they're offering? Yeah. So, Danielle, I just want to put a, a bit of a disclaimer or correction there. Oh, sorry. This, um, <laughs> the, this happened, I didn't realize, but happened at advanced voting locations earlier this week. So wow. I'm just creating awareness about um, the accessible technology, and then I'll touch on where people can can vote and have some assistance with um with their votes. So earlier this week, new accessible technology referred to as the ICE machine allowed voters to navigate through a choice of candidates upon a digital screen and submit their vote by pressing a button or breathing into a mouthpiece. The ICE machine was used by deaf and hard of hearing individuals, blind and partially sighted, and those with limited mobility or zero movement ability in their limbs. The device allowed users to mark their ballots with sip and puff paddles or other accessibility devices. Audio instructions, braille markings on paddles and buttons were provided and large print or high color contrast also. So once the voter enters their selection, the ICE machine then prints and deposits the vote into a ballot box. So it's very independent. It's an independent way to cast your vote without um, having to rely on someone to take an oath or provide that sort of um, protection uh, providing your selection. Ah, well, that that makes some sense so that you you can maintain your privacy 
while you're voting. You don't have to reveal how you vote to an assistant with those technologies. Yeah. So previously, um, as you guys would be familiar, citizens with disabilities were relegated to completing either mail-in ballots at home, likely with the assistance of a caregiver or friend. Their only other option was to bring a helper with them to the polls. And that option is still available. So for tomorrow, those who um, would like to um, have accessible voting, they can. Um they are assigned an election official and the option is also available to bring someone you know and trust to cast your vote. Um, there are uh, lines that are a priority line for people with disabilities and um, the, the locations are are quite accessible. They're usually in community centres, so it it. There's a way to vote, but this way with the advanced polling was really great because then you you were actually able to do it privately and independently. That's really uh, important that uh, that voters with disabilities will have the same kind of accessibility as everybody else has. I think that you know this should be permanent. And in, in, yeah. you know, in, in my view, for, for all elections at every level of, of government. For sure. And with this kind of technology, it's just, you know, the first step and then introducing it across the country would be, I think, um, the way to go, obviously, because then it does ensure that independence. Sylvie. Yeah, absolutely. And every time we talk about accessible voting, uh, no matter where it is, it's wonderful to hear that there are more choices, more options and opportunity because, uh, you know, it, it first of all expands on word voter turnout. Um, but secondly, the, the conversation of disabilities being had, you know, actively around election time. So that's important Let, to note, Ramya. Yeah. I know you want to switch. I'm just going to slide this in quickly. For sure. The adv advocates here and persons with disabilities advisory committee are saying it's great having new assisted voting options. That's helpful. But it's very important that more civic candidates acknowledge the needs of disabled citizens in their political platforms so mm -hmm. that their that information is there because you go to cast a vote, but you have no idea really if there isn't a lot of information about what that candidate thinks about accessibility and inclusivity. Exactly. So true. And, and you know, as we were mentioning in, in segment one, um, it's more important that people with disabilities consider running for office as well so that, you know, disability becomes something that people see on a regular basis and don't think is, you know, surprising in, in, a, in an election. I'm hopeful that, that that will happen too. A thousand percent, Danielle. That's so important to highlight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in, in past, you know, past conversations around um, big elections, especially, we're, we're just, we're not aware or, you know, it's such a niche topic to talk about, you know, heads up last minute that if you're a person with a disability that there may be, uh, you know, accessible slates for you available at select locations. And, and I'm, happy to hear that that's no longer um you know the, it's not as minimal as it used to be to talk right. about people with disabilities that, that's showing true up. yeah okay yeah. so 
there is uh, the resort municipality of Whistler Council, and they recently adopted the first ever accessibility action plan. This sounds exciting. What's being introduced through the plan? Yeah, the plan is to provide inclusive actions so individuals of all abilities and ages can engage with Whistler's workplace, services, and built environment. Um, the Accessibility Action Plan ensures that Whistler meets the requirements of the Accessible British Columbia Act, which came into effect on September 1st this year. Mayor Jack Crompton of Whistler stated accessibility is about including everyone. It ensures Whistler is designed for people with all abilities and at every life stage. The Accessibility Action Plan has been a long-standing council priority and now it's embedded in Whistler's regional municipal official community plan. Wow, that's great. So anything else on the timing and the significance of the, the plan being introduced? Yeah, that. Uh, that question is really critical here. So they've appointed an accessibility and inclusion committee in Whistler, and they'll be working collaboratively to assess and improve community accessibility and inclusion, focusing on experiences of people with disabilities, but also encompassing the whole community. The committee um, is uh, set up to provide advice to council on strategies to reduce social, physical, and sensory barriers that prevent people from fully participating in all aspects of community life. And it's important to highlight that people with disabilities will be an active part of this work and are represented on the committee. That was my very next question. <laughs> That's really important <laughs> because so often we've seen people decide that something is accessible without asking someone who needs accessibility whether or not it actually is. And I, you know, it's nice to see that they will be actually taking real lived experience into consideration with their plan. That, I can for sure. That yeah. yeah, and on timing, you guys, Whistler hosted the 2010 Olympic and Paralympic Games, but they're welcoming the Invictus Games in 2025, yes. and that brings important value to the community, and by adopting the Accessibility Action Plan, it's going to be a really strong tool to achieve Whistler's community vision and spreading it wide so that, you know, other um, communities are on side and um, starting to get their own accessibility action plans underway and strike these committees as well. Yeah. Well, it's... you know, every time a community like that does something like this, they, they set up a model for other communities. And especially if it's something like, you know, with the Invictus Games, where there will be, a, a, you know, a spotlight on Whistler because of that, I, I, I think that's really commendable. Yeah, and there's totally agree. Sorry, go ahead, Rami. I'm cutting. Oh you no, off. no, 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 not at all. I was just going to add that it's the nice and early aspect as well, right? Like, um, talking about making uh, Whistler this point of reference, potentially a point of example uh, in future as to uh, how inclusive it can be, how amazing it can feel, um, and and that's a really huge highlight. It really is. Um, as I uh, hit the button to <laughs> delete that call that was coming through, <laughs> hope you guys didn't hear that. But, you know, I've, I'm 
I'm pretty impressed. I, I took a look at um, whistler.ca forward slash accessibility. There's a lots of information there. So anyone interested, they can jump on and see what's happening with rolling out these plans. And um, yes, uh, having that importance of just stepping up and meeting the targets of BC's um, Accessibility Act and um, following through is going to be number one for communities across this province. So time to get on board. Well, that's really great. So these are our two uh, elements of good news you've brought us today, Sylvie. Thank you so much. No worries at all. You guys have a fantastic weekend. You too. Our content development specialists join us Wednesdays and Fridays on Kelly and Company. A whole other hour of Kelly and Company to come. And in that hour, we have the chatty bookshelf with Ryan, who is highlighting a very fun audiobook for us. A little spooky, too. We have Cut for Time, where we reflect back on conversations from the week. And after the break, it's The Buzz with Bill Shackleton. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.